territory for me. Normally, when you know, I've had the, uh, just the honor of someone asking me, you know, I've only been ministering for a few years, you guys have seen a lot of that growth. Um, normally, I've got like days to ponder and analyze and think about it. And then, you know, I, so, you know, a couple weeks ago, the sermon from the other night got it. And he was massaging and giving me the stuff about the harvest that Wednesday afternoon. Uh, but today, I just sit down. I was like, well, Lord, I just, I think it's all you today. <laughs> it's just, so this is going to be fun. Um, what's interesting is during worship, um, before I even uh, minister, I just I want to release something that I hear the Lord specifically saying. Um, I hear him saying that I am increasing your territory. And then he directed me to a scripture, and, um, you know, I've, uh, I've had the pleasure of, uh, I've got, we've got friends that are, uh, in New York, actually, we've got some that are with us, Cassidy and Glenn and Nicholas. So, um, uh, and Grace is back there somewhere, yes. Uh, so these are um, dear friends of Gina. Um, met them in 2017 when Gina and I were first dating, and Cassidy just, you know, came right up. She goes, there's just something different about you. I just, <laughs> so like, we just, we were knitted at the heart right then. Um, uh, every once in a while, um, you know, we've got contacts, you know, in New York. Every once in a while, Gina and I are asked to be a part of um, Catholic radio station that's actually plays in, in Long Island. Uh, these are charismatic Catholics, spirit-filled, and it's it's been a wonderful growth opportunity um, for me um, because you know we'll uh, we'll have one of the fathers on there, uh, you know, one of the priests, and then. Just during this, this, this show, they'll say, well, do you have a prophetic word to release over Long Island? And uh, so it's been an amazing thing. And it was last month that we were talking about, um, about angels. And as I was standing there, the Lord just began to really download. So before I, I say anything, I just want to read, um, and I don't, I don't bring the amplified version with me, but I went and looked at this. So I want you to hear this scripture as you meditate on the thought that he says, I am increasing your territory. It's uh, Hebrews 13.1. Let love for your fellow believers continue and be fixed. Practice with you and let it never be fail. In verse 2, it says, do not forget or neglect or refuse to extend hospitality to strangers in the brotherhood, being friendly, cordial, and gracious, sharing the comforts at your home, and doing your part generously. This is key. For though it, for through it, some have entertained angels without knowing it. And so, you know, as I was sitting there in worship, and I heard, I am increasing this body's territory. And I'm like, and you've got me reading about angels, and then he says, read Matthew 25. And this is where it says at the end of day, you know, the Lord will be you know, dividing the nations, dividing the people between the, 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 the sheep and the goats. And then he says, he says, uh, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, took me in. And of course, the, the response is, when did we do this for you, Lord? And of course, he says, when you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. And what's interesting is, as I was reading this, God says that this body, you have entertained strangers of holy nature. 
And he says, when you fed them, you were feeding them. You loved them. I mean, that is an amazing thing to think that when you were loving on them, and I don't—I know a lot of people that come through here on the on Sunday afternoons, and uh, you know a lot of them. But think back to it. He's saying that there are some that you fed, some that you have loved on that you didn't know because you were making an action toward me. And so he says, "I know you by your fruit, and because you can be entrusted with a little, I increase your territory now." And today was just beginning of that enlarged territory. So that's just uh, an amazing, so uh, that's, uh, that's just, that's a bonus for you. Okay. <laughs> um, I am going to read from um, Exodus chapter 3. And I just, um, yeah, I want to say, I mean, uh, today was an amazing, amazing experience. Um, you know, I am you know, I'm one of those guys that just likes to have everything coordinated, laid out, you know. I don't do emergency situations very well. <laughs> and today, I had to roll with it so many times. And, um, you know, Christine was just amazing. I just, again, to you. Um, uh, think about that, Christine. You may have encountered an angel out here somewhere in God saying that you were encountering heaven and Deb. Um, but I, yeah, I was I, I was in charge of the yeah, the pie judging, and you know, uh, it was an awesome task, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, Christine's like, okay, here it is, here's the prizes, and here's the process, here's the categories, and then we kind of adjusted more categories, less categories, and then you know, we're halfway through the judging process. And the scouts show up, and she goes, we haven't been able to get out all summer, and the scouts have not gotten their badges, and they came to do community service, so they're here to judge. We're like, okay. And, and Deb's like, are you sure? And Christine's like, I don't know. I was like, we'll find a way. And so, so Deb whipped up a, a plate for six of them with a piece of pie on each of it, and we put them at a table, and we got the input from the scouts. And I believe... That action, because there were smiles all around, I handled a crisis, and the scouts came away smiling. And so that is fruit that we're going to see in the future. Is just, um, and they got their badges and the photos, and so it's you know, um, and uh, right. And then Kathy's up. She's like, "Can you speak into them?" And I'm like, "I got a mask on." And I'm like, "Well, we're we're doing some of this on the fly, so some of this is not supposed to be heard on the mic." <laughs> The coordinating about who gets the next ribbon. <laughs> yeah, so it was a beautiful thing. And so how powerful as we're in worship that God is saying specifically, I increase your territory. Um, and so I just, uh, I give honor again to you. I just, um, I have learned in the beginning when I heard the call, I mean, I, I was excited about ministering because I just wanted to practice. Um, and now it's at a point where I told them, even before we got here, it's like, I just, I don't want to be on the schedule. I just want to be at the feet of Jesus. And let me just, I mean, Bob could have been here all week, and I just would have been like, wow, 
you know. Um, but that is just the glory of what God does. It's just when he brings us together, he finds a way to knit us together even tighter. Um, and so I just, um, I thank, and can we all just honor Pastor Lonnie and Kathy? Just thank God for their lives. And I mean, the vision that was birthed so many years ago in that building and how it's birthed and you're like, you know, that dream is it going to come forth? And and then suddenly it's uh, you know there's a place in um, First Chronicles where David was just early as king, and he went to the Lord and it was the Philistines were in front of him and he said, you know, Lord, are we going to defeat them? And he says, You will. And then what's amazing is I've I've learned um, in going through the Lord's prayer, you know, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What's amazing is spend some time just studying the different names of God. Because when you say, hallowed be your name, you're basically praying to the God that you need at that moment. Is it Jehovah Jireh to provide? Is it Jehovah Nisi? Is it Jehovah Shalom? Because you have chaos and you need peace. And so this year, one of my profound revelations, I mean, it was a rhema to me, was, um, was the name Bel Perazon. And it is the God of breaking through. Because when you study that, it says that when the Lord says, yes, you will win, and then David's army went up to the Philistines, then they, it says they broke through as a water that breaks through and overcomes. So think about that. Is you're there as an army, as a dam, holding back the water, and God says, I am the God of breaking through. And you, it just it just rushes in and overcomes them, and so that was just an amazing revelation, even uh, you know this year to me. And so I just um, I just I honor you guys and just all that I see, um, how to nurture um, what God has hidden in you. That the enemy wants to do everything to figure out what it is. And uh, so that's some of what I'm going to talk about tonight. Um, so I'm going to read uh, from Exodus chapter 3. Um, this is in uh, just going to a couple of verses, verse 4 and 5. And this is about Moses. It says, So when the Lord saw that Moses had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then the Lord said to him, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. So let us pray. Lord, we give you all praise, all glory. You are so worthy. We worship you for everything that you did today, all of the love and the laughs and the excitement that we saw on those grounds next door that's only going to increase as the weeks, the months, and the years progress. We thank you that even now we see where you've called us and the ground is shifting under our feet. We pray, Lord, that from tonight, as people have made room for you, you now plant within them those secret desires of your heart, Lord. And so we declare that going from forth from here, there will be communities that are saved, 
Vermont will be shaken, New England will be set ablaze, the United States will awaken yet again, and the world will be changed for your kingdom. Amen. So as I was you know, on my knees this afternoon, even praying, I mean, the Lord had, had told me a couple of days ago about shifting. And of course, that was, uh, that was the rhema that he'd given me on Wednesday night about shifting into harvest season. Um, and so, but this, you know, specifically, he's like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm calling my people to a place where it's a consecrated place where they may have been in the same position for a number of years, but I'm calling forth them to first consecrate themselves to me, and then from here to be launched into what I want them to do. And that's the beauty of Moses. The reality is he's now, um, at this point, you know, he's, he's, he was 40 years old before uh, he ever even did anything, uh, you know, towards uh, or made any actions. He'd been growing up in the palace, you know, and so he ends up, you know, 40 years there. He, he makes a mistake because the problem is he knew that there was a call in his life. Um, and we read that over in Acts when Stephen's actually preaching. He talks about the conflict. And that's the reality. Moses was living in the palace. It was a place of comfort, but he was a Hebrew by birth. And the problem is, is if you're a Hebrew and you're living in the comforts of the palace and you're surrounded by idols, then certainly there's going to be a place of conflict. And God birthed out of that conflict the man that would then wrestle through the next 40 years in the desert, running from his call. And God's like, you know, right now, I'm going to divinely interrupt your life. And so that's the beauty is as we hear the message of the ground shifting, what I hear God saying is there is a divine interruption. So the things that we've done in our professional life, the things that we've done in our, you know, uh, the way we've, we've handled things, God says, I'm stepping in, in my divine sovereignty, and I am interrupting. And we go back to even... You know, when we read about Jesus ministering, and before he even had called Peter and the first disciples, he got in the boat, and they pushed out. Well, right before it, it told us that they had been fishing all night long. These are fishermen by profession. Hadn't caught anything. Jesus gets in the boat. He ministers. And then when he's done, he turns to Peter, and he says, cast out. You think about it. He's the teacher, the minister, Peter's like, I'm the fisherman. But the key here is, nevertheless, at your word. And that's the divine interruption. Because then as he casts out, he, casts, he catches so many fish. And so what we see is in that case, Jesus interrupted their profession. They were still fishermen. It just, he took what they knew and applied it to kingdom purposes. And so, so that's the... Um, you know, so that's the divine interruption that we see happening. So um, I, um, so I, uh, I just see with this divine interruption happening in Moses, the reality is he was in a place of conflict. 
the beautiful thing is that God, he, um, he's not to be reasoned. We can get so intellectual in thinking that, you know, I know how church is supposed to be done. I know how life is supposed to live and be lived. I know how even my time with the Lord is supposed to be. It's 15 minutes of this prayer. It's five minutes of recitation of this. And then I've done my 20 minutes. Check the box with the Lord. Not really a secret. Man, if he can get in there and interrupt... And that's what we see even when Jesus went into the synagogue and there was a woman who was bent over and it's on the Sabbath and you've got all the religious people saying, now what's he going to do today because this is the day of rest. And so Jesus steps in and he interrupts their Sabbath service and he speaks to a woman who's been over for 18 years and she's healed. And all the religious leaders were saying, you know, you can you know, do this on any of the other six days a week, but, you know, don't have to come to be healed on a Sunday. There was a divine interruption in the middle of all the religious teachings and the law and the religious beliefs. And that is yet again, God is looking to interrupt the norm. He's like, if you'll just give me even a hair I'll step in, I'll interrupt, and man, we can have a lot of fun. And that's what he did here with Moses, is Moses had been in the palace, and then he rose up and he killed one of the Egyptians because he saw him you know, harming one of his um, uh, Jewish brothers. And so Pharaoh gets angry, and, and, and Moses has to run away from this place of conflict, and he's living you know, out in Midian. Um, and then what we pick up here is he's been out there, and it's not a surprise to see a bush burning in the desert. What got his attention was this one didn't burn up. And so as he draws closer, the Lord speaks to him and says, take off your shoes, because the place where you stand is holy. And why would God tell him to take off his shoes? It's because... Those shoes, they carried the dust of the prior conflicted life. Those shoes carried the mistakes of the blood from the person that he had killed. And so God says, where I'm taking you, where I'm shifting you into, it's not going to be like anything else you've ever known or experienced before. So I'm interrupting everything in your life, and I'm taking you not only to go and represent me, but I'm going to take you and I'm going to use you to set a generation free. Yeah. And the, uh, the beautiful thing is, yes, God will, he will hide himself so that he can be revealed. And so as I said, you cannot reason God. You have to have a revelation of God. And so in that revelation, you know, he, he comes and he wants you to say, God, I just come after you with everything I've got. Reveal yourself in me so that I can pour you out of me. And so God will hide you. He will hide you. He'll hide me just as he did Moses. He will hide you 
so that in his time, he can reveal you. So you've got Moses, who was born, and before this, Abraham had received a prophecy. The Lord had told him 400 years from now, you know, that your, 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 your seed are going to be in a foreign land and for 400 years. And the enemy, when he hears these prophecies, of course, he's trying to work them up in his head and he's calculating. And so what the enemy does, hell will say, okay, well, something's about to happen by the prophetic word to Abraham. So we're in the year 400. So Pharaoh is going to kill all the babies. And what God says is, that's what you think. Because I'm going to hide Moses, my servant, who by my appointed time will step out when I divinely interrupt his life. And he says, I'm going to reveal him after I hide him. You think about that. Pharaoh said, kill them. And God says, I'm going to hide him. Pharaoh says, kill them. And God says, not only am I going to hide him, I'm going to hide him underneath the nose of the men that said to kill him. That's how God hides us, so that he can reveal us according to his purpose and according to his time. around this room, I know some of your stories. I know, I know most of you know mine. I know, I mean, I could go back to the exact place on this earth in Washington, D.C. on August the 27, 2013, when I had my encounter with God. I had grown up in church. I had grown up under a pastor. You know, I did life my way. I got too smart for God for 20 years. And I was living my life under my terms. God stepped in, and he was like, you don't know it yet, but this encounter is an interruption because I have planted within you a message that will set the captives free. And so I had this encounter, and, and I'm like, you know, what? And then God's like, you know, the devil, I'll say this to many of you, the devil thought he was going to take you out. You see, there was that night that you should have overdosed, but God says, you're not going to kill him because I am hiding him. There was that night that we might have been at the bar, had a few too many drinks, got in the vehicle to drive home, and the devil says, I'm going to kill him. And God says, oh, I'm going to hide him right under your nose so that down the road he's going to come out for my divine purpose. The enemy thinks that, you know, I'm going to put sickness on you and take you out. And God says, I will hide you under the shadow of my wings so that I can reveal you. And so that's what we see time and time again in the scriptures. And what's amazing is when you read and anytime God says, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground you see that, it's because he is about to reveal himself to a generation. He's about to reveal himself in a way that it is going to change you know, the direction of a generation and an entire people. 
And so that's what this week has been all about, is what do we do in our time with the Lord? What do we do when there's other competing interests that, you know, that God's wanting more space, more effort, more time from you, you know, those secret places. And then, you know, what is it when we need to make more room for the anointing? And so all week long we've heard, you know, time and again just how this story is weaved together. And then it's, you know, is there anything in me that is, you know, needs to be cleansed or anything that needs to be washed again? It's just, you know, a, a complete you know, um, consecration before the Lord. We saw that like on Thursday night, which is really the same prayers Jesus said. It's like, not my will, but your will. And so Thursday night, as I'm like praying, I'm like, I am consecrating myself anew. I mean, Lord, send me. Send my feet. My feet will go where you want me to. My hands will do what you want me to do. My mouth will say what you want me to say. My very existence is for your kingdom. So we get here to tonight, and the Lord is saying, I am divinely interrupting many of the things that have been going on in our lives so that I can bring you into my divine plan, my divine purpose. And so that's tonight is we have holy ground before us. And God says the ground is holy because it's shifting. And the things that you've done in the past, the ways that you've approached me in the past, that's not going to be the way that you're going to win this next generation, that you're going to take my message out to awaken the United States of America. What's amazing is that Satan is comical because he, we, we give him too much credit. We think that he knew all along everything. And so he tries to throw all the darts at us to discourage us, to try to you know, get us distracted and confused and just like, ah. And that's the thing is, if hell knew really what God has planted in you, oh, he would be shaking even more. The reality is, hell thought the cross was their idea. This is another revelation of 2020 for me. This is in uh, 1 Corinthians 2. It's starting with verse 6. It says, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. Here's key. For if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. When you go back and you look at the, uh, the Last Supper, you read that Judas was betraying, and it says Satan entered him. And Satan thought, I'm winning. He thought the cross was his idea. Oh, but he was in for a rude awakening because he didn't realize that every lash on Jesus' back, that was for your healing. Oh, whenever the nails went into his hands, that was for your deliverance. Oh, when the blood was splashing down, that was for your salvation. So hidden in all of the pain, hidden in all of the trauma, was your freedom. But he didn't know until it was too late. And that's what I declare over you. 
Hell thinks that it can distract you. Hell thinks that it can deter you. Hell thinks that they can put so much on you, they can confuse you, they can distort your identity. Hell thinks that they've got it all worked out. And God says, I have hidden you so I can divinely reveal you. Because what you go through, what you're brought from, God says, that I will use for my glory. The beautiful thing is when you read over in Isaiah 61, it gives us the perfect description of so many of our lives. Because he says, where you see beauty, I'm sorry, where you see ashes, you'll see beauty. And I want, I want you to think about that. Is those of you that have been out camping before, you've got a campfire. The next morning when all the wood and everything's burnt out, you're like looking at there may be a few embers. But when you look at that pile of ashes, there's nothing pretty about it. And that pile of ashes of, you know, no success, no results, just no beauty in it. God says that I, by my hand, will make that into a beautiful vase. Where there are scars, where there's mourning, he says, I will pour oil of joy. And that's the thing, just like Moses, many of us, we've got some scars, some scabs, some wounds because we've been hurt. We've had an identity crisis. We've had you know, so much that's happened. And so we're like, I'm living in a place of conflict because I've tried to stay in comfort for too long. And God says, in all of that, I've hidden you so that I can reveal you. I'm, um, I don't know if you guys, um, Kathy or anybody wants to, or y'all want to put it some songs on, I'm about to wrap up. Not my song, not that one, no. <laughs> that was not, not yet. Um, but uh, just maybe some music just as I'm winding down here. So um, we read over in Luke about um, a widow that her only son had died, the widow of Nain. What's amazing here is there's a funeral procession going through town, and Jesus happens upon it. And what we see is, yet again, another divine interruption. The first one I talked about was the interruption of the fishermen's careers. The second one was the interruption of the religious day and the rules. Let's think about this. We've got a funeral procession. And Jesus steps in, and he speaks to a widow's only son and brings, her, brings him back to life. So what we have here is a divine interruption that brings life back. And that's the thing is oftentimes God will plant something in us, and we'll know about it, and we'll be just like you guys with the, the community center. God had put that in you talked about it, you prayed over it, and he's like, I'm hidden it. And at the appropriate time, I'm going to reveal it for my purpose, for my kingdom, for my glory. And we might even be 
I haven't even talked to you guys, but the thing is, is sometimes when he puts a dream in there, it can be easy to think, it's been a long time. Is it? Is there even anything in there that's planted anymore? I mean, it's just, it's like starving for, you know, light. He says, I have birthed that in you, and in my season, it will come forth. It's the same thing with this widow's son, is he has died it's her only son she's a widow and jesus steps in and interrupts the procession and brings him back to life and that's exactly what he does with those things that are planted within us and even this week i believe what the spirit has been revealing to us is that there have been seeds that have been planted in you dreams that have not even maybe just the beginnings of them and that's what we talked about Wednesday night, when you make room for the anointing of God, just like the woman who didn't even want to ask for a son, the Holy Spirit is planting those things that either you don't feel worthy about asking, or planting those things that He specifically for His kingdom says, I am hiding it in you, specifically for you, so that it can be revealed according to my timetable. So let us just stand across the room. Just ask everybody across the room, just, uh, just to bow your head and close your eyes, just as a point of being able to close off everything that would be around you. Father God, I pray a blessing on everyone that is here under the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, your presence is so real right now. And you promised us that my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And so after a day of uh, very busy, exciting even in the flesh, would be exhausting activity. And a previous day of just preparation, I pray the blessing and the presence of the Lord that you may be restored, rested, and refreshed. When Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost, he said, times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. His presence is tangible even now throughout this whole service. And so as you've got your eyes closed and you've got your head bowed, you're just talking to God. You may have told him already, I'm making more room for you in my heart and my life. You may have even asked him, Lord, if there's in that space, there's anything you want to plant, put that there and even now reveal it. But just take a moment and just say, is there anything you want to reveal to me that you've called me to do? Because I'm telling you, this is holy ground.
the ground is shifting. And so I'd invite you even as you talk to him, as you let him impress you, if you'd like to come forth even and just spend some time in prayer together. This is holy ground. And God is saying, I want to interrupt in a divine way the way things have been done, the things that you have planned, what you have worked out. This is holy ground. What he promises is that when you say, I'm seeking you, Lord, he says, you will find me. And so that's why God is not for sitters, those who want to sit and just wait for him to eventually come around. He's for seekers. Because when you seek him, you will find him. So I just, I pray even now. It's been a beautiful week. I pray a release of the anointing on you. An increase of the anointing on you. That you are alert and open and receptive to God's divine interruption. And I pray that you won't look at the trail of tears behind you. You'll take on the eyes of the Lord and you'll see, I have put you in this place, this holy ground, for a time such as this. I have made you a beautiful amazing vessel I'm filling you up and you will pour out into others that's the multiplication so I pray that blessing over you I'll stay up a little bit and maybe some of the prayer partners if anybody wants prayer I'll invite you you know up I just um, I pray that even as you go home tonight that you will continue to place in your heart that desire to make room for God in your life, more of God in your life, that you are open for him to interrupt the norm, the plan, the schedule. So I bless you with